With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. This episode of One Team, One Podcast, we will talk all things NFL Draft. We will go over the Saints selections or lack of selections. Uh, we will talk about the LSU domination in the draft. We got some breaking news today. Jameis Winston is a Saint, we will discuss. And we got a little LSU basketball talk as Emmett Williams declared for the NBA Draft. It's all that and more this week on One Team, One Podcast. Okay, guys, let's get started on One Team, One Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm here with Jack. How we doing? <laughs> We're doing good, man. Uh, Do you enjoy, so uh, you enjoy the draft? Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't that so nice to have something that's live that we can all enjoy together? Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I I will tell you the the third day I didn't watch as closely as the other two days, obviously, but um, it was still fun to have something on and something that we. You know what I I miss is like getting the the relevant ESPN alerts on yeah. your phone. Yeah, <laughs> like that's fantastic. that's one of the things where I'm like, oh. Man, like I really the first big the first big ones since like cancellations you know yes exactly and it's yeah. like it's not negative news it's actually positive news um so we got a lot to talk about with the nfl draft uh, obviously um lsu complete dominance in this draft um the yeah. sec f- t- in total but lsu in my opinion is just like I mean, come on awesome so cool it was really cool to watch. Um, I think we've been used to watching like Alabama do this a lot lately, and um, I know Miami back in the day that used to be their big thing. But now to have it be LSU and be, I mean, yeah, I'm in, I'm in advertising. Like the marketing value of something yeah. like that was incredible. Right. I think I saw some some recruits may even tweet out stuff about like, ooh, LSU. Like, right. I don't remember if there were anybody. Well, we good, actually but. we even we got a recruit this weekend. A pretty, Did we? A fairly I didn't big even one. see that. Yeah, it was. Been, uh, uh, I guess NFL draft. Shit, I'm forgetting his name. Mode. But he's uh, a receiver. He's super fast. Yeah, yeah. JoJo. JoJo Earl. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. I like that Such name. Such a cool name, isn't it? JoJo in the flat. Yeah. JoJo down the sidelines. I saw. Um, I, I watched him a little bit, and then uh, I saw someone compared him to Jalen Waddell. So okay. that, that, it, that, that had me really excited. He's top eight receiver, according to 247. Okay. So. That's good. good yeah. Ad. Yeah. Athletes. I, I think that's been one of their strong points. This, I guess this recruiting cycle yeah. is like going after athletes, but right. I mean, after you watch all the players that get drafted off of our offense, I mean, who wouldn't be excited about that? Um, yeah. So of course we, uh, we had the record for tied first it. rounders. We tied it. Mm-hmm. Tied for first round too. Tied with uh, 2004 Ohio state. Okay. So tied for that, we tied the record in total with 14, right? Tied, yeah, well, we set the SEC record. Okay. Uh, tied the like total record with Ohio State for a seven-round draft. Texas technically had 17 in one draft, but it was a 12-round draft, so it right. doesn't really count. At one point, um, I think I tweeted this out where it was like we, we had 10 picks – and we had just under 100 selections total. Yeah. We had it 10%. Like, it looked like we were going to smoke the we record. Had 10% of the total players drafted were all drafted from LSU. 10%. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Just think about it. Think about the first three rounds. Think about just the first round alone. You had five of the 32. I don't know what that percentage is. Not the, 10%. It's higher than 10%. Well, yeah, you're right. Oh, my gosh. That would be... Oh, <laughs> this this looks bad. We we you said there would be no math. Today. I think it would be like <laughs> I think that's like fifteen. Something rather. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't do that anymore. I don't I just sell I sell space. I don't what do any that? math. So you want to talk about the LSU selections? Yeah. Uh, especially the first round. Um I mean of course you had Joe Burrow going first. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Um 
he's just such a I mean Joe Burrow is just such a classy guy I, I was watching the, uh, the national championship again yesterday mm-hmm. and there was this one throw that I forgot about but I remember it, it happened in the end zone that I was sitting in and they were going away from us and he made this throw it ended up it ended up being a drop by Jefferson but I remember right when Joe Burrow released it I was like where the fuck is he throwing the ball and then Jefferson cuts right in to this like super tight window, and I was like, I have no clue how he saw that coming at all. Yeah, it's just like the reads he makes is just incredible. I know it's and so like, elite, and he can really. I mean, not only not just read the defense. I think his arm is probably stronger than people give him credit for. Right. I think that's. Been I think a- I think the big thing with the arm talent thing that people like to pick on is uh like he's so elite at so many things. That like the fact that he's his arm strength is like maybe average for an NFL quarterback, they call it a weakness, but mm-hmm. it's really not a weakness, you know. Like it's still it's still fine. Yeah, it's not like a Danny Werfel arm where right. he came in and he couldn't. I mean, he could only put the ball on the money in certain places, but he couldn't. You know, I, I mean, I started thinking of the, the big knock on Jake Fromm and why he was picked so late was that his arm strength was suspect. Yeah. And that's not the case with Burrow. Plus, he can read a defense, and he does his homework, and he's just like your model citizen kid. Not that Jake Fromm isn't, but it's just at a different level. Right. Um, So the other players, I I really thought we were going to have a run on LSU players around 12. Um, And they didn't come. So, and I I know I mentioned this on the other podcast where it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is like setting up for the Saints. Like, they're they're all falling. <clears throat> right. And at one point, I mean, it was like at 20, actually, where, where Chase on went. Like, I, I was, you know, he had Chase on, Jefferson, uh, Queen were all there. Um, and I was like, okay, the Saints are obviously going to – it's going to line up for them to, to have to one of these guys right. ready. And then when, of course, Chase on goes off the board, Jefferson goes off the board, Murray goes off the board, I'm like, okay, this is obviously Patrick Queen. Right. Um, I, didn't think, I didn't expect Cesar Ruiz to tell mm-hmm. you that. Um, I – I'll be honest, like, I, I got really hyped up right before the draft because I wanted I – was, I was telling this to a couple of friends that were with me. Uh, I, I really wanted this big, sexy pick because, you know, we had been out of sports for a month now, mm-hmm. and I just wanted, like, something that was really going to get me fired up, not an, not an interior O-lineman. Cesar Ruiz didn't do that for you? No. Well, okay. there, there's not a single interior lineman other than maybe Lloyd Cushenberry that would have gotten me fired up. I mean, and Lloyd Cushenberry only uh, because he wears purple and gold. <laughs> right. So, you know, like I I mean it's not it's not just that, but we just we literally took a center last year. Yeah. And yeah. I get it this this kid's probably going to move to guard or whatever. I just didn't know any of these this backstory about um Warford maybe being shopped around or right. uh they weren't happy about his weight. I saw a couple of different things. And um I I thought we were solid there. Like right. I didn't think I wasn't expecting this to be a need position by any means. So um, I thought it was really linebacker. I still think you need wide receiver. Um, so yeah. I'm uh, looking at the depth chart and wide receiver, and I'm like, okay. You probably you got Traquan Smith. You, you that's need, who you're you going need with. a wide receiver eventually. You don't necessarily need it now, but if if you feel like Warford's probably not going to be on the team next year. Then you definitely well, need an interior of course, lineman. Of course, with that, I mean, you needed you needed a. Um, if he's the starting guard, yeah, go ahead and pick I've, him. Now. I've heard him compared to uh, the Pouncey twins. I mean, those dudes are monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can be a Marquise Pouncey, I, mean, I remember that's this a, kid. Coming that's a hell of a pick. He went to IMG I, I with. Um, I think he was in the same, close to the same time that uh, Dylan Moses was maybe there. If okay. I remember right. So I think he was there around that time and LSU had recruited him. So I remember the kid. Um, yeah, I just wasn't expecting this as the pick. Um, but how cool was it? I mean, you had – so you had uh, Chase on, you had uh, Jefferson, and then you had Queen get picked up by the Ravens later on. But then how cool was it that Clyde uh, got picked by the Chiefs? I was with uh, – I was with – so I had two, th- three friends over, and uh, two of them had left – with like four picks left mm-hmm. and I was, it was me and my friend Cole, the guy that I talked about last week. He's an mm-hmm. idiot. Uh, 
we we went nuts when Clyde got picked, like just absolutely crazy. Because we were we had been talking about for a while, uh, like Clyde could go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs could take him. That's what we kept saying. And then, but I think both of us didn't really like see it happening. Yeah. And then it did, and it was just so cool. I mean, so oh, right. I talked about this too with Mel Kiper, like leading up to that pick, like right before the pick, he was talking about, all right, we're you know, they need a running back. The three running backs on the board He's basically the way he was putting it was you got DeAndre Swift, you got Jonathan Taylor, you got J.K. Dobbins. Right. Those are the three running backs on the board. It was so great to hear Clyde Edwards Elaire's name <laughs> pop up right after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just great to see um, Clyde get picked that way. Um, I thought it was really fitting for the end of the first round, for how, sure. How you saw the video with uh, him on the uh, Facetime with <laughs> so good Andy Reid and all them. They said uh, we asked Pat Mahomes who he wants, and he and he picked you. How about that, Clyde? And Clyde's just like blushing the whole time. He's just so happy. That was so cool. I thought it was great. Um, so the total, well, we had fourteen guys, right? And I, yep. You know, let's talk about Thad Moss. Because sure. that's the one where I'm like, uh, it's, this is all head-scratching to me. Like, first of all, I would have thought Moss and I thought uh, Divinity would have been drafted. I, I just had that in my head. I didn't think um, – I'd heard somebody may take a flyer on Blake Ferguson, but I just didn't think it was going to happen. Right. So I thought we were going to get to the 15 mark. That's what. I, that's where my head was at too. Yeah, and I just didn't see the other guys maybe getting picked. Maybe Actually, you know, I didn't, Fajoko, I wasn't, maybe, you know. I wasn't entirely sure that Stephon Sullivan would get picked. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I definitely wasn't surprised. By I w- yeah, I wasn't either. either. I just, I. It is, it is kind of. It's surprising funny to me that, that he got picked and Thad Moss, Thad Moss did not. Didn't, right. Yes. I. It, it's like it is surprising because like of their uh, production in college, but at the same time, it's like that's very NFL for the backup tight end who couldn't find the field, but is a absolute freak of an athlete to get drafted over the starting tight end who is maybe less athletic, you know? Less athletic, best hands. Um, I, I, I don't get this at all. Right. So, and you reminded me of this. I don't know why I didn't remember this, but he's a he was a junior and I, came out early. I had no idea that was true. I, th- I just assumed he was a senior. I did too. I, I just, this is completely head, head scratching to me. Of what happened here, I, I do have a couple thoughts on why why he didn't he, get drafted. He would, well, not even that, or but why he would uh, I, I have a good idea of why he would wouldn't get drafted too because of just slow, unathletic. But he's also he also does have good hands, smart route runner, even if he's not uh, very fluid, uh, and he's a he's a very adequate blocker too. But I think the reasons he didn't get drafted. Uh, is also part of the reason that he left. Uh, Joe Burrow left. Sure, so, he's not going to get the touches now, right? right? No. He's not going to have, you know, perfect balls coming I, out I anymore. I can agree with that. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's probably no truth to this, but you have the number one tight end of all time in uh, terms of recruiting ratings coming in. You know, I mean, there's a decent chance Eric Gilbert would have, like, took his job. Wow. I don't know. I, I the only other thing I can think of is that injuries too. Injuries, but also uh, you usually see guys leave early. That first of all, they're they're leaving early because they need to get the signing bonus. There's some. There's maybe a need for money, um, and that's not going to be there obviously because he's Randy Moss's son. Um, right. So a couple of things there. It's just still head scratching when you see a guy leave early and he doesn't get drafted. That's. Uh, <laughs> the, the the big two things for him leaving early are Joe Burrow leaving and leave while you're healthy, you know, because yeah. he's, he hasn't been healthy in four years. This is the first time he's been healthy. So maybe he's just like, let's just go get what we can now no, I get instead it. of risking another off season. And I, I mean, cause all of his injuries have been in the off season, you know, right. They haven't been like in a game. And who do you get picked up by? The Redskins. Redskins, right? Yeah, I, which is a good spot for him. I mean, I think he's going to make the team. Yeah, uh, he can I, sit behind. I think they still have Vernon Davis, which is a. Uh, good, I think he retired. Did Vernon he retire? Davis, yeah, he oh, okay. retired this year. 
Well, then that's even better because their tight ends are terrible. Yeah, I don't I'm pretty know sure. And I, I haven't think looked at their. They may tight still end have uh, uh, Reed. I think his name is Jordan mm-hmm. Reed. Is that his name? I don't know. Yes, from Florida. Right, the guy, the guy who always has the concussions. He he's actually pretty good. He's a yeah, good player. If he yeah, can yeah. be on the field. Yeah, I I think Thad Moss is an NFL tight end. I mean, I don't think he's going to be like an All Pro by any means, but I think he can play for sure. Right, I think like, I definitely think he'll make that roster. I, yeah, and you talked about the route running. Like I just saw him getting open, and then right. when he was open, he was making every catch. Like, yeah, what else do you want from this guy? Right. Like, yeah, he's not running a four five, but for crying out loud, like, I. You start seeing some of the tight ends that got taken later, and it's like, I mean, you telling me this guy's that much better than Thad Moss? Right. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Stephon Sullivan, like, we're on our own team, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, it always baffles me how he didn't find a, a role in the offense. Uh, me you know? too, actually. I agree. 6'6, um, six, six, yeah. 250. 40 inch vertical. That didn't. But it, was it because good, Thad good Moss was that much more dependable? Like, yeah, I mean. I mean, I think the big uh, separation between those two was that uh, Thad Moss probably had a little bit better hands, mm-hmm. maybe even a lot better hands. A lot hands. better hands, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that Thad Moss is a significantly better blocker. Yeah, but is, then I, I did see a clip of Stefan Sullivan completely like crushing a guy against Mississippi Stephon State. Stefan Sullivan is a great blocker for a wide receiver. I, agree I don't know that. if he can line up right outside the tackle and then uh, – do a great job chipping on defensive ends in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Or in the SEC, for that matter. So, let's talk a little bit about the Saints selections. I know we touched on uh, Cesar Ruiz. Um, then they didn't pick again until the third. Right. Traded up twice. So, what you got? Um, I like uh, the Bond kid. Um, yeah, from Wisconsin. It's, a, it's an interesting yeah. pickup, though, because – He's a pass rusher. Uh, I, I didn't really feel like we need pass rush. Although I do feel like he can be converted to somewhat of a like utility linebacker and you can play him inside and outside. I think you need an outside linebacker. I know, I know you need an inside linebacker. I, I get right. all that. But you, you need an outside linebacker because you got a guy like Alex Anz- Anzalone that's there that – that he, he, he's got so much potential, and you saw flashes of it that first year, um, and then he's just been hurt the entire time. Right. You can't stay on the field. Yeah, and you can't let this guy go. I don't right. think you can let Anzalone go because you've just seen such such great and, potential out of this and guy. And Bond is a pretty similar player to Anzalone, too. Yeah, I think you need depth there. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, I mean, maybe they have plans of moving somebody inside, too. They could. Um, I, I mean. I don't know who. I think Anzalone could play inside if they moved in that way. I don't know if they have thoughts of this kid maybe doing the same thing. I think he's a good enough athlete to. I've seen I've seen the change of this league to where you got inside guys playing inside that you wouldn't have used to see playing inside like back in the nineties. Like they they usually used to have to be at least two fifty to play inside. You don't have to do that anymore. No, you just have to you have to get have good awareness and be able to have good field vision and maybe get sideline to sideline. Right. You just have to, I mean, you can be small. As you don't have to cover as long as you're a really much. good tackler. Right. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, you look at like Devin white, he's what? two thirty. Well, like the, like the, the kid from uh, Dallas used to be really, well, there's a couple of them now. I mean, you had, yeah. Uh, you had Sean Lee, uh, and Sean Lee, a few, uh, a few years now ago. you got Vander Esch over Vander there. Esch. Like you wouldn't have pictured those guys as right. being like dominant inside linebackers. Right. Um, or with the the guy from uh, the Panthers that played all those years, uh, Keekly in the middle, like same thing. Like Keekly's so good. I know, and it, I think if you can find a guy like that that could play in the middle, because I, it, that league's just changing. The in big that thing with inside linebackers now is like getting sideline to sideline, right? Because I mean, well, that's you, why I like maybe look ten years ago with this roster that LSU had. Right, Jacob Phillips is the guy going in the first round. I liked and him Patrick too. Queen's the guy that's going in the Man, third. I really like Jacob Phillips. Right. Um, but he can't get sideline to sideline with today's NFL offenses. Like you need your inside linebacker to be able to, you know, chase Alvin Kamara to uh, I, the sideline I, like Vander. I did. think that Jacob Phillips has all the potential to be a great NFL linebacker. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a good uh, run stopper in between the tackles for sure. I think he sees the field pretty well. <sighs> 
I really liked him um, this year, and I honestly hasn't. I haven't been as high on Patrick Queen as like other people have, just because I saw flashes of him all, uh, like this year, but I didn't see like. I mean, first round pick, like I, I never saw all that, like until the end of the year. And it was right. like, you had like this piece of the year where you got to like, see all that. But I mean, he had some, I mean, he had some really good plays and really good games in the right. year, but just didn't see it like a first rounder. And I, I like, I said like Devin earlier, White, you saw, okay, this guy's a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh yeah. Every single game. It, even Kendall too. Beckwith. I was like, I, that guy's a first round pick, even right. though he didn't go first round. Mm-hmm. He had injuries, but I never saw that out of Patrick Queen and it was undersized. Um, I think that had a lot to do with it, probably in my head. I don't think but. you never saw it out of Patrick Queen. You no, 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 yeah, you definitely right, saw right. it in the championship game because I yes. just I did just watch the championship game last night and I was like, yeah, he's all over the place. Oh yeah, I forgot how. Well, so was so was Grant Delpit. Let's talk about that. I mean, he was all over the yeah, place too. That's a, that's just that one's baffles odd. me. I know. There's, there's a and few of those. And the whole tackling thing, it's such bullshit in my opinion. Oh like, right. What do you think? He's just not a good tackler anymore. He was such a great tackler his sophomore year. It makes he's, me think that he didn't interview so, well or something so like that. He's so obviously injured. He was so obviously injured. I know. You saw it in the Ole Miss game especially. Dude couldn't make a cut to save his life. I can tell you I can tell you one thing, and we talked about this before we even recorded, but um, I definitely like Grant Delpit better than Xavier McKinney. Yeah, I think Xavier that. McKinney is not that great. Um, I just watched that LSU-Alabama game. that's not physical and doesn't tackle well. Yeah. Like, you know? Uh, he, I mean, the we, problem with McKinney is he's putting guys in bad positions. Like he, he, as a safety, you need to put everybody in the right positions. Obviously, um, I just didn't see where he's like he's not better than Grant Delpit, man. Grant, like I said this the other day, a healthy Grant Delpit is a first rounder. Like that's top ten. Yeah, like if he would have went out last project? year, yeah. Yeah, they were talking about that on the on yeah. after the, he got picked. Like yeah, this, is a, this is a top five guy. If he would have been able to leave. After his sophomore year, right. he goes in the first round. You know, well, we got off of the Saints a little bit, so let's go back to that. But um, yeah, the, the next third pick, pick right? That uh, was the, I guess, the most controversial yeah, of the picks. Definitely, for the according Saints. to Saints fans, it was uh, for sure. Um, Which I am, and uh, you know, I liked the pick. I I did too. And I was like, okay, good. They traded up and they got a um, they got a tight end, right? You see, sometimes I uh, a lot of Saints fans don't like how we trade up all the time and we get rid of a lot of picks. And I see, I agree with that. Well, let's talk about it. So we, how many picks did we end up giving up? Um, I think it was five. I thought it was four, but you said maybe, it was maybe, five. I, maybe it was, I, I, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but it, maybe it was four. I thought it was four. Maybe even four. It was, you got it, was the, it was just the rest of our picks. Four, <laughs> five, six, and seven. And it's the tight end from Dayton, right? So it doesn't yeah, sound very, it doesn't sound great off the top. Uh, no. I mean, I'm watching the kids' highlights. Have you ever heard of Adam Troutman? No. Um, no. So, didn't know anything about him. ESPN um, had him ranked as their as the second tight end in the class. Did they? Yeah. Okay. They had him graded as a sec, as a mid second round this is guy. Obviously, that somebody they had on their board probably that yeah. they saw was falling, and we right. need to go That's, ahead and make so, a move. So someone um, asked Sean Payton about it, and uh, like they asked like. Like what's up? Like why? Why? Yeah. Uh, you have explaining to do here, right? So his basic explanation was: first off, didn't expect this guy. He, this guy was super high on their board. Didn't expect him to be available in the late third round, so they felt like they had to pull the trigger, uh, just based on how high they had him graded. Uh huh. Um, and then he followed that up by saying that. Uh, he thinks it's going to be pretty tough for guys to make the roster this year because there's just the amount of quality players that they have. It's going to be really tight. So he felt like it's better to get a one quality guy that they're pretty sure will make the roster rather than getting a bunch of fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks that they feel like they may just cut anyway, hmm. which I, I thought was a really good explanation for me. I guess it's the only explanation. Um, I mean, it, you, you give up a lot. Of, you give up a lot of guys, and you don't know who you're going to pick in the. I mean, hell, we we picked Marcus Colston second to last pick of the draft. Like, you have no idea. Like, I, you can do all your scouting all you want, but right. like, you really don't know until you get him in the camp. Um, right. I, I don't. That one doesn't fly for me. I. It feels like somebody took advantage of them when they really wanted to jump up, and they took all their picks um yeah. but it's just to me you got you, 
it's all capital. Like I love, I love the NFL draft. I love. Um, oh yeah. I love the Patriots always moving back and taking advantage of everybody. Right. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Right um, when the f- Patriots traded back, me and all my friends were like, "God damn it!" Of course, we, they did. And we were, we were like, "I don't even know why they're trading back, but God damn it!" Like, yeah, they're doing that. They're, um, they're going to do something and it's going to work. They're doing that. Bill Belichick's in his kitchen. Um, <laughs> Cliff the Kingsbury's dogs, in the like dog sitting mansion. in his chair. Right. You saw that? No, yeah, so and it's like it looks like like our kitchen here, like uh-huh. at our house, uh-huh. like. Just a regular old guy's kitchen. Yeah, no. I mean, come on, bro. Like this yeah, guy. I bet you he just lives in some apartment in Boston somewhere. <laughs> I guess. He's just on his cell phone. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, He's, but was he wearing his hoodie? Probably I was. Don't think, I don't think he was. I don't know. I don't remember. I saw him just briefly, but yeah, I saw his dog in his mm-hmm. chair while he was gone. Probably making like a Hot Pocket or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that stuff. I love draft capital. I love when like guys have picks and they can use them as leverage. I think what happened with the Saints here though is like you gave up too much. You got the guy you wanted. You gave up probably too much, and you could have used those picks, maybe not to pick other guys, but maybe use them to like move up if you found another guy you wanted to use, or yeah. you know, figure out a way to like be creative. But giving up all your picks for the, in the third round for a tight end out of Dayton doesn't fly. Um, it definitely doesn't read well. The guy, I mean, the guy better work out, right? Like, yeah. if that guy busts, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's not tough, a good that's look. That's going to be tough. That's, that's tough. <laughs> that's really brutal if he doesn't <laughs> I mean, work out. You gave up a lot. Um, um, yeah. But they have been saying that, like, Sean even said that he's improved tremendously, like, since leaving college. That's when he's actually gotten his most uh, development is after leaving Dayton. Go figure. Uh, he's gotten better coaching since leaving Dayton. Uh, I someone told me that he had a really good Senior Bowl. Hmm. Um, I haven't been. Able, I I didn't watch the Senior Bowl, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I didn't either. So I didn't know. I really knew nothing about this guy. Right. So uh, I I just saw okay, big athletic tight end. I like that. Yeah, um, so both. And then the I was guys. like, oh yeah, they traded up. Uh, let me let me. It's like you go down the Twitter rabbit mm-hmm. hole and you're like, oh, they gave up that many picks. <laughs> and it's like okay, that's uh. Uh-huh. That's a question. Yeah, but I mean, how how much are a uh, sixth and a seventh round pick really worth? You know, yeah, it depends on who you're picking, though. Like, it depends on who comes. I mean, I'm telling you, sure, but like, I know a Marcus Colston doesn't happen how, every day, but come on, that's a guy that was in the late seventh round, probably shouldn't even have been picked. He probably should yeah, have been a free agent. How many busts are there in the seventh round for oh, every oh, Marcus Colston? Of course, Coulson? of course, like but it's like. This is a team that does their homework on guys. And we did end up drafting in the seventh round. We gave up next year's sixth for yeah, and seventh, I, and we got uh, – I don't care about – that's fine. And Yeah, you got Tommy, Tommy Stevens. Stevens. That was a weird pick. That was an interesting pick, though, because he's a – he figures to be a Taysom Hill. That's like what his – That's what I heard. It's I, interesting, too, because he, uh, he I mean, played for – de- He played for Moorhead and Joe Brady at Penn State. Transfers from there to go play with Joe Moorhead some more at Mississippi State. Uh, so he's been working in the same type of system that Joe Brady installed for Taysom Hill. Um, I think I think it's interesting. Um, well, here, the, here's it's, the it's thing. It's probably not going to well, amount not. to anything. I mean, here's, we'll, we'll go right into the next subject, which is Jameis Winston going right. to the Saints. So now that they've signed Jameis Winston, you have three quarterbacks and you have a guy like Tommy Stevens, and if they decide to bring anybody else into camp or whatever as a camp arm, Tommy Stevens is obviously your practice squad guy um, or to be released, depending on how he turns out. Right. Like, you're not going to keep this guy on the roster. There's no chance no. of him making a roster. No. Um, you got you got three quarterbacks that yeah, are already no, on the roster. They're definitely they're going to hope he sticks around on the practice squad for a little while. And that's the beauty of having Taysom Hill, too, is that you have him as a third quarterback – but he can also plot into other positions and play for you, and it frees up roster spots. And then you even think about like maybe later down the line, because we did just sign, we just extended Taysom Hill's contract, which is great. You giving had him to. a good bit of money. I mean, he's I think he, he's, he's, he's so he's, valuable. He's, he's worth it. If he would have gone out and like really been like testing all of the free free agent waters, I guarantee you guys they were going to pay him a lot. Right. Like. I, th- I think it's a smart move for him to stay mm-hmm. with the Saints because the Saints offense is just going to use him better than anybody else will. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, to me, it's like Jimmy Graham situation all over again where mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham left and he wasn't 
right. the same player ever again. I can name so many players. That yeah, like that it's too. like don't leave the Saints. That's right. that's the perfect Why? fit for you. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think too. other teams are looking at the same thing, especially like you saw the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts. Um, they're gonna try to so do mad. something like this. You that know they so are. Aggravated. But but first of all, Wentz is getting hurt all the time. You can't. I mean, they're gonna have to have some kind of insurance for that. That's you true. Know? That's true. Um, that's, yeah, actually, that's probably the best place to be a backup quarterback. Oh yeah, you're Doug guaranteed Peterson's to great play too. like at least like four or five games a year. You know, Doug and Doug Peterson comes from like that that Sean Payton tree a little yeah. bit to where yeah. he's he's gonna be creative and figure out a role. Right? Wasn't he like the like original? Uh, creator of the RPO, or am I just completely no? I don't know. If, I don't know about that one, but um, I maybe I might just be making that up. He's yeah. from uh, where did he coach? He coached at, at Evangel. No, he coached at uh, somewhere in North Louisiana, Northeast right? Louisiana, Northeast. Okay, yeah, ULM. Oh, okay, he coached there. He coached at LSU for a little while too, if I'm not I mistaken. A, I thought he was a high school coach for some reason. I don't remember that. I thought I I might just be making that up. But you know he's going to be creative with Hertz. Um, and I think, I think guys are looking for that, like matchup problem, um, you know, change of pace kind of guy, especially after, uh, Lamar Jackson and all that happening in the Ravens. I, um, Taysom Hill is the same thing in new Orleans. Um, yeah, but about Tommy Stevens, um, but yeah, he's not gonna make the roster. No. But uh, I think maybe a reason for that pick was, uh, like, get him to stay on the practice squad, and then maybe if he stays with the team for long oh, enough. Oh, for sure. He's developing. Next year, uh, say Taysom Hill gets injured, you can activate Tommy Stevens for a couple weeks. Correct. And uh, usually see those and guys. He can kind of fill that role just to a degree. Yeah, you usually see those guys stick around for mm-hmm. at least a couple of years, and then they move on. They either move on to another team or they retire altogether. Right. Like, you know, you're making it's a seventh round pick. Yeah. <laughs> seventh round pick, uh, practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. Like you could have some, isn't it diamond interesting in too, how the saints just created a position like the quarterback some hill position. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what that's, that's every single running quarterback so, that comes out of the league. Now they're like, Oh, I can see him being a Taysom Hill guy. Yeah. It's so smart though, because you have to have an emergency quarterback, the third guy, and to have that guy play other positions, I just thought I thought it was great to begin with when he was playing like punt, you know, punt yeah. team and stuff like that. Right. Like, oh, what a creative way to use your third quarter! But I had no idea he would have turned into yeah, like a legitimate like he's he's like a threat. Yeah, um, he's yeah. like a very important piece of our team now. Right. So let's talk about Jameis Winston. So we got Jameis Winston now for the Saints. Um, I guess they wrapped up all the details on that contract, but. Um, I didn't really uh, see it's it. Not, it hasn't been released yet. Okay. Uh, well, we're breaking it now. <laughs> they said they're finalizing the deal. Yeah, morning. it sounded like everything is set. And yeah. it also sounded like the Steelers gave him a more lucrative deal, and he chose to come here to the Saints instead of going to the Steelers, hmm. um, which I completely agree with that. Like, if this if it's the Saints and the Steelers as your two options, you need to go with Sean Payton and the Saints and sit behind Drew Brees. And uh, it's a one-year deal, like. And I saw Saints fans like, oh no, don't get this guy. He's gonna be a locker room distraction. Blah blah blah. I don't think I don't think that's true. Uh, I think our culture with the Saints is so strong that there's I agree with literally that. nothing that could. Uh, the worst thing that I hated about it. any of this was that Matt Muscona was right about him. Uh, that about is them so aggravating. The, uh, that is so Winston. aggravating. Um, it's very aggravating to me that he was right about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you props for when you get, when you get one, right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, to me, it's, I mean, he's obviously the best backup quarterback in the league. I just didn't think he was even going to take a backup job. I thought somebody was going to take a chance on him and take him. Yeah. Him. But I mean, you look at it now and it's like, well, where the hell would he have gone? Cause yeah. like a lot of people were saying chargers, chargers draft a quarterback. Um, obviously the Patriots weren't interested. Um, See, I could have seen the Chargers taking him in a one-year deal and then also taking a quarterback. Like, that's the kind of thing where you – like, Maybe. take this guy who's – he just threw for 5,000 yards. Right. Like, you're not tying that much into him because it's only a one-year deal. Um, People mention the uh, the interceptions a lot too with Jameis. And, uh, well, yeah. You know something I didn't know? 
So I saw a side-by-side with his stats and Peyton Manning's stats today. For uh, his career or what? No, like five years in. Both okay. of them five years in. Peyton Manning threw more interceptions in five years than Jameis Winston did. Wow. Yeah. Peyton Manning threw 100. Jameis threw 88, which, I mean, both of those are just lucrative numbers. Yeah, and I know Peyton's first year it was rough. Right. Um, I mean, they were coming off of a – Both of them had terrible offensive lines. Yeah. Jameis – Granted, also had better receivers than Peyton Manning did, but yeah. in an offense that really likes to throw it There's around. There's just something about Jameis Winston. Um, I mean, you go back to Florida State, all the baggage, the rape allegations, oh, yeah. um, the jumping up on the, on, the sh- on the on the table. <laughs> I mean, weird shit. Yeah. Um, the Uber thing, this, you know, about a year ago with the Uber driver. What was um, the Uber thing? allegedly harassed an Uber. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. An Uber driver. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's just, just creepy, weird stuff. Then it's like the eat and the W. There's the crab leg <laughs> situation at Florida State. Mm-hmm. There was another situation at Florida State where he was suspended, and then he comes back. He comes into the game with um, – he comes onto the field full uniform, and Jimbo Fisher tells him, "No, go back. You're That's suspended. Right. You need to take your too. clothes off." <laughs> like weird shit. Yeah. Like so weird. Um, it makes you feel like, okay, is this guy playing with a full deck? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Weird stuff like that. That just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Is you yeah. even want to trust the franchise with the guy? I don't know. Bring him in for a one year deal. Let him sit behind Breeze. Yeah, look, you figure out if he's a Looney Tune. Yeah. And then, like, cut them loose if mm-hmm. you want to. But what's it's the like harm in that? Such low risk. Let's go win the Super Bowl. Such low risk and potentially Absolutely. such a high reward. I agree with that for sure. I just didn't think he was going to take a, a backup role like this. I mean, he's coming off of 5,000 yards passing. Like, I can't right. believe – that makes you even even feel a little more queasy about this. <laughs> like, why why isn't anybody else taking this guy right, right now? Um, Phew. You you put up those kind of numbers, you should be a multi millionaire, multi year quarterback in the NFL starting. Right. Um, but there's so many weird things he's done and mm-hmm. so many question marks, it's just crazy. Yeah. And this whole thing about LASIK does not worry me. Like I I don't care about any of that really. Like I think he's in a better offensive system, um, with a better offensive coach. Yeah, he's still probably he's gonna make mistakes because I think that's the kind of quarterback he is. Yeah. But I think this offense just makes everybody better. Um, Teddy Bridgewater looked great um, coming off of right. two two years of not even playing. For the, well, the, the great thing about New Orleans now is that we don't need elite quarterback play to be an elite team anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater came in and went five six and zero. Teddy Bridgewater was big time coming out of college. Like he was, he had a lot of potential, good arm mm-hmm. strength, all that stuff. Yeah, but he had but, played I mean, I, in two years was the thing. Like, but I, is he an elite quarterback? I wouldn't say not no. even. I wouldn't even consider him in the top half of NFL quarterbacks. I, I've always thought about this. Like, okay, you were talking about taking a late round pick, and I think so. We were talking about earlier which teams did well in the draft. The Colts, to me, did very well. They took Jacob Eason late. In the draft. That was the Bills. Oh, no, no, no. The Bills got Oh, uh, Jacob Eason. From. I was thinking from. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So the Colts took Eason to back up Phillip Rivers. Um, I thought that was a good pick. And I mean, th- this is a guy that's got all the tools. Like, he's got a cannon. Yeah. Um, I never understood why he was rated so much lower than, like, a Justin Herbert. You know? I, I don't know. Maybe it's I like decision making, something like that. It might be a little bit more is, of like a is statue. Justin Herbert, in the pocket. A, a good decision maker. I don't know about that either. I've never I, seen I think that. Justin Herbert's got a little bit more mobility. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's true. But what what kind of my point is with the Saints, you've had a guy like Drew Brees. Of course, Drew Brees doesn't have like the strongest arm or anything like that. Probably used to back in the day, but not as much anymore. Great decision maker, all that kind of stuff, but. Not like elite arm strength, mm-hmm. would you say, right? No. What would happen if you had a guy that did have elite arm strength? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. And it's like, okay, you've, you've, you've made do with, mm-hmm. with Drew Brees. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, 
we've always talked about, okay, what if we got another guy like Drew Brees or what if we got a guy like, um, you know, that had that kind of same skills, like Taysom Hill. Like, all right, what if we could plug Taysom Hill into this or uh, Bridgewater. Like, we could plug Bridgewater into it. What if you take an elite guy with like, all right, this guy's got a super strong arm. Yeah. Um, so semi-accurate. Peyton can work with him and like you mm-hmm. plug him into that that system it, it opens up a whole new dimension of the offense granted you maybe can't run as complex of plays anymore because you don't have uh you don't have drew breeze like drew breeze right. instead you have a maybe a lower tier mind with jason uh Jameis winston uh right but yeah but Jameis winston's got all drew breeze hasn't been able to throw the deep ball in like three years right like consistently, I mean, but and we saw this with Peyton Manning a little bit at the end of his career, where he really, I mean, right, throwing deep was just not his strength right. by any means. Exactly, I, I can see the same with Drew now, but um, Drew's able to get away with it a little bit more because he's so accurate. He's accurate. And he knows where everybody passes. is on the field, and so so did um, so did Peyton Manning. But right, but Peyton Manning's ball just had zero zip on it too. It was just, it was, he had to know exactly where everybody else were, you know, on the field. But, um, but a guy like Jameis Winston coming in, who knows, man, like he's got all the talent. Yeah. I mean, he's got strength, arm strength. Um, it'd be, it would be really interesting to see how he works with a guy like Michael Thomas. Cause I feel like the reason Michael Thomas is so good is because him and drew have this like great, chemistry together Mm -hmm. and like they just both know where the pass needs to be on every single play yeah and uh, i don't know i don't i would be really interested to see what his numbers would look like with uh Jameis or anyone other than drew Brees. even i agree um so yeah i just i don't mind i mean i i think i think he's the best backup quarterback in the league um Jameis Winston. So it's definitely an argument for that. As a one year guy, you still got Taysom Hill. Like I, I don't think this could be a bad thing at all. Um, like I said, I'm just upset that Matt Muscona got something right. Um, if you know my thoughts on this. Um <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit. I know we had some LSU basketball news this week too. Mm-hmm. Uh Emmett Williams declared for the draft and um he had already tested the waters last year, so when he declared it was it was over so um he's gone off the roster um i'm thinking that'll probably be your only defection really right like we think we think um watford will come back and we think days will come back right we're not 100 percent on that of course but yeah that's what i would guess i mean it's just so tough to tell you know it is especially with everything in limbo you just don't know yeah um but yeah, if I if I like you said, if I had to guess, that would be the case. Those two guys would come back, and it's just hard only... to say when you don't know these guys' situations, right? Um, like yeah. I would be totally shocked if you hear Javante Smart says he wants to go pro. Yeah, absolutely. I would be shocked. Yeah. I wasn't shocked with Emmett Williams, but I would be shocked mm-hmm. with Javante. Now, I had somebody I was talking to this week who was telling me that um, you know Emmett's Emmett Williams. Um, situation it's a little different where he's got a he's got a baby um so the thought was even if he doesn't make a team going overseas there's a lot of different things that that they probably have thought about but he's the one guy that i could see okay he's got the talent to make a roster um but i (laughs) everybody in the nba he's got the talent so just in terms of pure athleticism i mean yeah he may just be able to make a roster on that alone he might. You know? I, I think size is probably his disadvantage yeah. a little bit as far as height. Yeah, for um, sure. But like like I said, like everybody in the NBA is talented. He so needs to be able to uh, handle the ball at his size. I agree. I think he needs to be able to step out and shoot more. Yeah, uh, he at least needs a mid-range game. Yeah, so hope, hope hey, we're, we're hoping for the best for him. Um, yeah. I loved watching him. I, I thought, man, if he came back, oh, my God. Like – Talk yeah, about this squad. team would have been nuts. If so he, I mean, it still might be nuts. Yeah, and I think you got a couple of guys that that um, that are going to be able to plug in there. They probably uh, could have like used a little bit more development, but now they're going to have to plug in because somebody like Williams isn't, isn't going to be there next year. Yeah. Um, 
but I think you can plug in uh, that the Georgetown transfer. LeBlanc, Emmett, yeah, LeBlanc. Uh, so I think you can plug him into Emmett's spot pretty well, and that would he, be. He doesn't have the height either, scene. though. I think he's he's an inch taller than Emmett. I know he's six seven. Emmett's six six. Yeah, it, he doesn't have the he doesn't play as big though. I think you got guys like this Isawero kid, um, and you right. got Josh Gray. Uh, those mm-hmm. are two big guys that um, can come in and like be your big bodies, and then you got a couple of other guys. I I think there's a drastic height difference from this past year to this next year's team, mm-hmm. um, where you had guys like Emmett Williams and Darius Days who were playing behind like Nas Reed and and Bigby Williams, yeah. like. That's that's the kind of squad that we're talking about next year, like mm-hmm. real rim protectors. Um, At, who's the the Isawiro? Yeah, he went to the same high school with uh, Cam Thomas. Do you so think he's going to be ready year one? I don't know if he's going to be ready year one. But he seems like he'd be like a two or three year project until he's really ready to play. I SEC saw some basketball. highlights of him; they look good. Um, yeah, I don't know if about project, but it's like, just so tough for me to look at uh, those guys' highlights in high school because they're just so much bigger than everybody else. Oh, for that it's sure, just, it's so easy to dominate when you're. I think a kid like that at advantage. that size playing at Oak Hill with like a guy like Cam Thomas, like it may have been like a package deal, but like, yeah, I think I think he can play. Uh, now, like I was saying, I do like he played at Oak Hill, so that's pretty good competition. Yeah, and like I was saying with Isariro, like I I don't think it was ideal for it'd be ideal for him to s- step right in, but with Williams leaving, he will. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna have a guy like him, Josh Gray. I think those are guys that are definitely in a rotation now. Um, and you don't the the days of like Darius days, no pun intended. The days of Darius days <laughs> and Emmett Williams being your like your tallest guys. Back there, yeah. I think those are gone. That that can't be the standard. No, yeah, I, and I think, Will Wade knows that. Yeah, I think you needed you needed some rim protection, and you didn't have it last year, um, and that kind of hurt the defense. Um, I think they had to adjust to that. Like having a guy like Trendon Watford, how tall is he? Six eight, listed at six nine. I mean, yeah, but he doesn't play above the rim. That's a problem. No, like. Yeah. That's not a guy that you have as your local. Also, closer. you're not sticking. He's he's six nine, but you're not sticking him on centers. You you were sticking uh, Emmett Williams on centers when we were in man to man. Right. I mean, he had some defensive problems altogether. But right. um, I mean, he's great offensively because he can match up with a tall guy and like take him out out you know out the key. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, defensively he's complete liability. But I think it's more because of the rim protection, you know. So, I think it'll be different this year. Um, so, here's to you, Emmett Williams. Hope, hopefully, you uh, can make the team. Um, it would have been fun to see him this next year. But um, and it looks like we got a little bit of breaking news on our podcast. Um, so, by the time you guys hear it, it won't be. But uh, the Saints signed Adrian McGee from LSU as a, a undrafted free agent. So, that's interesting. Um, I, I do. I, I wonder if that's Sean Payton just being like see? wanting wanting to shut up the LSU Saints fans, you know? Yeah. That are all bitching about, oh, you signed tight end, you didn't sign that, Moss, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's, that's, this, that's not huge news, I don't think. Although I do think, I think McGee could make the roster. I, I like McGee's game. I do too. Um, I mean... I think all of the I, – I, I was surprised by how many of the the LSU offensive linemen were, were picked to begin with. I just – not that I was doubting that they were going to get picked. It's just you don't think about it as much as like, okay, these are there's a lot of guys getting picked early, you know. Um, there's a lot of talent there. You can just tell like – I mean, who went earlier than you thought they would? Nobody. Um, I actually thought Cushenberry would have been picked a little bit earlier than I that. I Damian Lewis, I know, is great. Um, Sadiq yeah. Charles, I thought, was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I didn't have anybody that I, I was not expecting. But, I mean, Adrian McGee, was he – I mean, he wasn't even like a real full-time starter at the end of the year. No, nah, I mean, because that's uh, actually something I was about to mention. That Ed Ingram. I mean, in my opinion, uh, Ed Ingram was one of our better offensive linemen. Yeah, I think year. he just needed a few – yeah, few weeks to kind of get, get back in shape his, and yeah. all that. I agree. Um, 
I'm very excited for him. Uh, for next re- year? To be returning. Oh, right. I mean, he didn't have enough film to go, but... No. Uh, I think he needed... Well, he needs he needs time to get away from all this other crap. Yeah. Um, Just playing football. Like, I think there will be a time where the draft comes and it's still going to be like a question mark with teams because uh, yeah. of people not understanding what's going on, what mm-hmm. happened or anything like that. But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I could see that scaring people off for sure. Yeah. But uh, I... I definitely think he's talented enough to have been a f- top four round pick, you know? Right. I definitely think he had the ability to do that. And then maybe if he would have been around the entire offseason last year, maybe he's maybe he would have been our best offensive lineman, you know? Right, yeah. So I think, yeah, he'll be a stud next year. I think Chase and Hines will be good at his center role. Yeah. It sounds like that's kind of what they're gearing him up for. Um yeah, and I, then the uh, the other guard spot's fine too with Cardell Thomas and uh, Anthony Bradford. Yeah, I like Cardell Thomas. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, um, that dude's mean. Mean. He got good head on his shoulders. I think he's a. I think he's going to be a good team player kind of guy. I agree. Um, tackles. Who you got? You got Deculus and you got Deculus and I guess Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Anybody else? Uh, Cameron Wire was supposed to be the. Spring starter with Rosenthal being suspended, yeah. um, which I guess this whole uh, no spring is actually going to work out pretty well for Rosenthal because you know now he's not going to be behind at all, right? Other than maybe a couple practices, which isn't a huge deal. Yeah, no, I, I, I almost I wonder if they're letting him join in on Zoom calls and stuff. I have no idea. I haven't really. I bet you they are. <laughs> I mean. I'm sure there's a lot of skirting around any kind of rule going on right now. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, mean, I haven't thought about ever... that, how dirty everything probably is right now with recruiting and oh, like yeah. getting extra practice in and stuff. Anything, any advantage anybody's going to get, they're going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you going to police this? I, at this I, point? Hadn't, I hadn't thought about that at all. Um, so yeah, it, the, with the draft, it just gave us a little bit of taste and hopefully uh, there's more to come here of, of more sports. So I know everybody was kind of jonesing for some sports and I think we got a little bit with it, with it, this, um, I think the next things are going to be, I think there's some golf returning. Yeah. Um, I didn't heard about that. Well, well, I'm with a TV station. So it's like, I I can tell you like, you know, I want to say two months is what they're thinking or like a month or two. That's not soon. Not soon, but like, I I think it's getting close. It's getting close. Things are going to start happening again, and it's going to be there's one a, by one. There's going to be some wrestling in May. Wrestling? Like yeah, you WWE? Have, you have, UFC. UFC. That's not wrestling. Or whatever it is. It's fighting. Fight. But care. they won't have people in the stands, though, I assume, right? No, but it'll be on TV, and I heard they're going to have three cards uh, in one week. Okay. Like three big cards, what I heard. It'll be the fight island thing, I think. They're going to fight on an island? Have you heard about the whole Fight Island <laughs> no, thing that Dana uh, White's trying to do? Tell me about do? it. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about it. I just I heard Fight Island. I know Dana White's doing it. Oh, that sounds uh, great, though. It's so Dana White, isn't it? To be, Fight to, Island. To have UFC continue to go during a pandemic. Well, like, if, if it's two guys fighting, like, all right, the WWE, all right? I'm not a, a watcher by any means, but I know they still do their shows. And yeah. they do them with nobody in, in there. They did like a little, they have like a little practice arena where they do all mm-hmm. their stuff and they're, they're still getting good ratings cause there yeah. ain't nothing else on No, So like to do like an event to me, something like golf where there's social distancing anyway, yeah. things like uh, UFC where there's just not a lot of people that have to be there. Like if you don't really want them to be there, like, right, and that, that's true. As long as you test everybody, yeah, everybody's that's tested involved beforehand. In the fight. Like all that. Like if you have that under control, I don't know why you wouldn't do something like that. Um, yeah. Basketball herd was going to start doing some practicing, uh, like letting guys practice coming up soon. Um, do you know how soon? I think it was like a couple of weeks. Like that's almost like to hear. I think I thought I saw May first, but stuff like that. But they were like, "Look, that doesn't mean anything's going to start resuming anytime soon." They just we're just going to let them practice again. It's just good signs. I agree. I think it was just little things opening up mm-hmm. one by one, and it'll be a trickle down. But yeah. then I could see like I could see June and July things really mm-hmm. heating up a little bit. 
Um, I don't I don't want to talk too much about the coronavirus, but I have been getting more and more confident that we will have football season. I don't want to get too into the weeds on that, but just things continue trending in the right way, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the NFL draft, even though it's NFL and not college, is a good good start to that because it gets people really excited. And when people get excited, they're going to push the issue more and more and more. Yeah. Um, I, if they, if they pushed back something, I, I don't even know what they would push back. Like when does fall start? Like fall practice, like it starts in like early August. Like when, when do the kids like come to school? Like, you know, that kind of thing. It's like the we'll get very that beginning of August. Yeah. Maybe I mean, how far July. away are we from that? I mean, you're trying to tell me that you would push back fall practice. Yeah. Well, cause you I think, think the question like, is like, are you, you going to have fans in the stands? Right. Like, that's got to be the question. So here's my opinion. I don't want them to start football season without fans. Like, if you have to push it back two months and, like, that's the only way you can have fans, I'm for that. I don't want to have games that I can't attend. I think the only problem with that is if you pushed it back, and I'm no, like, scientist by any means, but if you pushed it back a couple of months with fans in the stands and then all of a sudden – there's a spike again of, yeah. of cases. What happens then? You would shut everything down. Um, would you just be better off just having it? As monetarily, for the small schools, it would suck. It would be terrible because that's the only way they can survive is yeah. by uh, the gate, basically. But LSU, I mean, they're on TV money. They're on uh, you know, partnerships. There yeah. are tons of different ways that they're making money on this thing. Um, it doesn't make sense for them to do it. You know, if there's a, if there's a way for the season to get stopped. Although you think about like nickel States and like those type of teams. Yeah. That's the ones that are going to be hurting. Like they're, they're And they're dependent on LSU right. paying them to come right. there. So, like, so that's yeah, probably they're big, better than that way. Like the biggest part of their budget is based on like that. Riddle wins. Yeah, those right. those games that they go to their entire sports budget. I mean, I don't know how much Not we're paying Nichols to come play us. Probably like, two million. You think is that? High? I don't think it's that high. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've heard of teams paying Renner wins for uh-huh. one to two million. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe and it right. makes their sports budget for the year because uh-huh. they still have to pay. I mean, for we all only paid Troy a million to come play here. Troy's a little lower though. Than Do you a, usually pay? I thought you usually would pay those like the Troys and the two lanes. More than you would pay the nickels. I don't know the. I don't know. We'll That's right. That, that was Verge just my, that was my understanding. On the, on the line to, <laughs> to ask him, but if you're listening, Verge, <laughs> Verge, if you want to come on, mm-hmm. we'll take you. We'd be happy to have you. Um. So yeah, I get. I, I don't know. I I think that. Um, I don't know. I think I think I think they could play without fans in the stands and still be successful as a program. But yes, I think there's going to be a. I think it would be super weird, and I think you may even have to scale back who's actually playing and who's not playing, like teams. Um, I don't think I don't think the small teams are going to be able to survive by doing that with nobody in the stands. Like, how are they going to make any money? Um, yeah. Unless they do have those rental wins that can help pay for it, but uh, you may have like some seriously reduced schedules. You may have like it's going to be different if that's the case, but. I don't know how you put a hundred thousand people in Tiger Stadium in September. Um, I don't know how you do that, man. Like, and I've heard a lot of people just say like, "Rip the Band-Aid. But I, yeah, I have to. I mean, um, I don't know. We're don't, getting I, we're we're getting to a different podcast here. But uh, <laughs> like, do do you infect yourself on purpose? <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of that. Uh, anyway, that, that actually. By the way, if you're listening and you think that's don't, a good idea, don't do that. Don't drink it, Lysol. It wouldn't work. Yeah. You can get the coronavirus a second time. Yeah. That's what I've and heard. don't drink Lysol. I know it says it kills the coronavirus, but don't do it, please. <laughs> don't ingest yourself. Um, all right. So I guess we will wrap this up on this episode. And again, guys, if you want to reach out to us, uh, please send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Twitter is one team, one pod. We've got some exciting things happening. Um, we got a um, website we're developing. Huge. Yes, big news. Um, we have a, a – we're kind of trying to turn this into a legit – we're going to turn this into a legit business, I think. Yeah. 
Um, we decided we're going to take this seriously. Yeah, we were just goofing around, guys. <laughs> but now it's uh, now this is real. It's big time now. Mm-hmm. So I, I got bored uh, and just started doing a whole bunch of shit this past week. So uh, and we got a t-shirt shop. I got all kinds of stuff I'm doing oh, right yeah. now. So um, we'll get y'all some more details once we get the website up. We'll let y'all know. Um, you can go check it out. Um, but again, we're very active on Twitter. So one team, one pod, just reach out to us there. If you got any questions or concerns or anything you wanted to, uh, want us to talk about, um, until next time, this is one team, one podcast. One Team, One Podcast, a Bandit Radio Production.